To the SDSU podcast presented by the East Village Times with your hosts Andre Hagverdian and Paul Garrison. Welcome, listeners, back to the SDSU podcast. I'm your host, Andre Hagverdian. We'll be joined shortly by my co host, Paul Garrison. This is episode 115, uh, our second one of the new year, 2024. Hopefully, you guys listened to and enjoyed. Episode 114, which was with uh, J.D. Pollock, where we talked uh, Aztec Hoops uh, with the former uh, Director of Player Development at San Diego State. Definitely go back and listen to that if you did not, if you're a Hoops guy. This one is back to football. A local kid, Jerry McClure, who played at Modern Day Catholic High School, won back-to-back state championships in his junior and senior year. Wide receiver, four-star guy who signed to UCLA at a high school and redshirted at UCLA this past season and entered the transfer portal and was brought back by the new coaching staff, is transferring to San Diego State for the second semester of his freshman year. So he will be on campus and uh, in classes and taking part in winter conditioning and spring camp starting next week. Our second interview in this episode is Verlaine Betofe, who was Jerry McClure's uh, offensive coordinator at Modern Day Catholic and is now the head coach at Mount Miguel High School. Coach V, as he is better known as around San Diego, uh, offers a lot of insight into Jerry because he trained him uh, starting in the eighth grade, obviously saw a lot of his high school success. And as you'll hear, Coach V went with Jerry to his official visit at San Diego State last weekend to accompany him. So like that tells you how much trust and faith Jerry has in Coach V and how much uh, Coach V uh thinks of jerry to be a uh, part of that so first up is uh jerry after jerry's interview uh we'll go into coach v's interview and then paul and i will be back at the end to give you our thoughts on the interviews and uh where we hopefully can see san Diego state's recruiting uh especially on the wide receiver front uh improving under this new coaching staff so uh let's get to it here's uh jerry mcclure We want to welcome Jerry McClure, one of the newest Aztec commits uh, out of the transfer portal uh, to the podcast. How's your not going, Jerry? It's going well. How's yours? Doing very well, man. Okay. Better, it's better because we can talk to you. Yeah. So you you entered the transfer portal last month uh, after one year at UCLA. You know, if you could take us through your decision to enter the portal, uh, what teams you were considering, and why ultimately San Diego State was the place that you wanted to be to continue your collegiate career? Uh, I really entered the transfer portal uh, just to uh, find a better place personally for me and myself and what I want to do next later on in the future and next year as well. Uh, um, The season that I went through, it was a tough one, just everything twisting around, things going on and things happening. I felt like that I needed to uh, find someplace new and find something different. It wasn't a bad experience I had at UCLA, I just felt like for me in the future, I needed somewhere, I need to be someplace else. And, you know, was obviously San Diego State is the place you chose. Why ultimately was that the place that was the best place for you to be? 
the best place to be, I feel like for me, is one, it's home. So I, I know what it's like. I know the ins and outs. I trust it. But also the coaching staff that I talked to, which I had a chance to get to know them during my visit this uh, past week, uh, past weekend, um, I felt that I could really trust them. And they told me that something's big going to be going on uh, next year. And I really genuinely felt that uh, that's what uh, is going to happen. You know, we're we're also trying to get, you know, uh, get get to know the new staff as well, right. just like you are, just like a lot of fans are, you know, from your visit. What was your interaction with Sean Lewis and the new coaching staff? Uh, it was it was phenomenal. It was great. Just uh, they're really lively people, people that you can click with right away, people that you can get uh, used to. And it's just the energy that's um, that's really that's really good. And I feel like in coaching and not. And in coaching, as well as uh, personally, just getting to know them, that other uh, people that I can trust and I can get uh, get to get along with. Love it, man. Take us back to your high school days a little bit, if you could. Um, you know, you talk about wanting to stay home and, and wanting that connection to it, man. Where where was San Diego State? You know, initially a couple years ago, when you when you were thinking about um, you know coming out of high school, and where, where was your recruitment of, of San Diego State there? Uh, it was. It was there. It wasn't really like uh, it was like hard, hard, hardcore recruiting there. I feel like it was a hometown place where uh, it was it was like a stable place where I could go and come back to. But it wasn't I was I wasn't really that much connected to him in the beginning, but uh, except for one person there. And then it was just like I had a feeling like I don't know where, where they were, what they're doing. And also just the other schools I had a more of connection with, I felt like and why I did not go there uh, coming out of high school. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, again, as Andre was saying, man, we're, we're all still getting to know everybody, so I love the the insight that you can bring for us. But um, Lanier Sampson, right, he's obviously the new wide receiver coach. Um, what, what can you tell us about Coach Sampson? Uh, he's a phenomenal guy. Um, when I first talked on the phone with him and then meeting him in person, the energy never changed. It was always on. Uh, he was like, Brian, he's always happy, Brian Day, always want to get to know you. Want to know what you like, what you didn't like. He's trying to figure you out just to know, like, when you have a receiving core, you want to have connection with your players so they can trust you. You can trust the coaches to get out there, be on the field, and do what your assignment is. And I felt like uh, he was – that's what he's really trying to do. And also off the field, he's just trying to be a genuine person, get to know you, have fun with you as well, and just uh, be there for you. Be, be a coach and be a role model as well, I feel like. So is, is this all happening quick? Um, are you going to be on the campus at the start of the semester just here in a couple of weeks? Uh, yes, I will. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Tell us a little bit about your game. You know, what kind of wide receiver are you? Uh, I would say starting from the beginning of uh, college, I was more of just a straight wide receiver, straight, just run speed, fade balls and everything. But going through on uh, my experience at UCLA, just going through the college, uh, it's really taught me that you just can't be straight speed. You got to have technique. You got to know the ins and outs of the ball, uh, your quarterback, how to run routes. And I felt like uh, I really gained a lot of knowledge and experience in running routes and uh, reading the defenses as well. There's obviously a new offensive staff in and a new offense. Um, the wide receiver room last year had a couple of good players, but it, you know it had lost Jesse Matthews. It had lost Tyrell Shavers. It didn't have the depth. Uh, and in just a short period of time, let's say in the last month, they've kind of flipped that with yourself, with some of the other high school re uh, freshmen coming in. 
Um, some of the other transfers that are coming in, you know, they've kind of remade the wide receiver room. Uh, you got Makai Shaw and Balaam Brooks that are still around. What do you make of the of the wide receiver room as you're entering it, the competition there, and what you guys could could do to be a strength next year? Uh, competition there is going to be it's going to be crazy. We're going to compete against each other. See, uh, I feel like everyone there is able to play, can play. It's just get a, a feeling of how uh, going against each other can make us even greater as well. And I feel like this coming up year is going to be is going to be wild. It's going to be a great experience. It's going to be a wonderful uh, time to play, especially in the offense that I've heard about Coach Lewis and what he does with the ball, and especially him bringing in Coach Sampson, a great wide receiver coach that can really bring out the best in his players as well. And I feel like um, it's going to be an amazing year for us this coming up season. So tell us more about that, man. You know, what, what has the staff told you about the offense, about the way they want to utilize not only you, but wide receivers, passing game? Just, I mean, what was that conversation like on your official visit? Uh, it was a great conversation. We didn't get too much depth into what uh, the plays are going to be like, but they just told me uh, to expect great things uh, coming out next year. Uh, recently, just seeing from last year that uh, the ball wasn't thrown as much or the right receivers don't utilize as much, but they said this coming up here, we're going to do both, be great on defense and be great on offense as well. No, that's ex- I think I think uh, everybody who's listening to this, um, I'll ask Ignatian, man, I'm pretty excited about that answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just, you know, I think that's that's what people have been wanting to see, you know, just the, the, the utilization more. But have you been to Snapdragon Stadium? And uh, what do you feel like that means for, you know, like the city. Cause I think, you know, obviously as a local guy, like you have a perspective on it that, you know, anybody who's been here for a long time knows. So what, what do you, have you been to Snapdragon? What do you think of Snapdragon? And, and just what do you think that that place can mean uh, for the community? Uh, I've been to Snapdragon. I wasn't there when it was newly built. I, of course I was gone. I was at a different school, but when I came down, it was a great environment. The crowd was wild. The fans were amazing. And I felt like if what we expect to do or have us do or what we think we're going to do next or coming up season, it's going to be a great uh, memory for us and just make that stadium really well known and make a memory of it. Just keep that uh, legacy living on and create one as well. The one it already has. You know, you played at modern day Catholic in uh, Chula Vista. Uh, you mentioned your your hometown kid. There's definitely a modern day Catholic theme to this signing class, right? Isaiah Buxton and Anthony McMillan uh, signed on um, as high school seniors coming into the program. What can you say about those guys? You know, I don't know how many years you guys over you might have overlapped a couple of years. Um, what can you say about getting to play with them again? Uh, it was it's it's going to be really fun. Great experience. They're they're like they're my little brothers. Just I went to practice with them every day. Uh, they got me better. I got them better. They, I felt like uh, I learned from them as well, and they learned from me just understanding that they can really trust me in the program as well. Seeing I'm there, uh, they can have a feel of being comfortable there as well, but also playing with them, it was a great experience. Like, uh, they they fixed what I needed, what I needed help in during my season. It was just defensively, Buxton was there doing his thing as well as McMillan on the defensive side, but also offensive side, him running the ball in our, some of our games. He was just... He was like he was like parallel to me. I would say when he's up, I'm up. When I'm up, he's up. And this is just like a good connection that we both had, or all three had during our modern day season. And then they carried that on when I left. 
they still did their thing. Now you, you, yeah, you were wide receiver. Bucks was a corner. What were those one-on-one battles like in practice? Uh, it was fun. I really never let him win that much. Couldn't let him get too. <laughs> yeah, it was a time. It was really good. I felt like uh, I could teach him some things just uh, later on against other guys that also that are really good wide receivers in my class and in his class as well. And I felt like uh, he really learned a lot from me, but it was also a, a good, he was really, he was a really good player. Uh, had sometimes, he beat me sometimes, I beat him a lot of times, but uh, we both got each other better and uh, I'm glad he made a good decision to go to SCSU and I did too. I love it. Um, it was kind of funny because we had had Anthony on the podcast multiple times. One of the last times that he was on, he, we asked him about, you know, because because then Isaiah was going to go to Arizona and then he decommitted from there. And um, Anthony said that he was telling him, you know, like, yeah, you should you should you should consider San Diego State. And his response was, we'll see. So then when we had Isaiah on, you had just decommitted and we had said and, the, and it was completely turned around. And he said, Jerry was like, we'll see. And it was the complete opposite of what he had said. From, from when Anthony was, was talking to him about coming to Arizona. So I think it's, it's a pretty cool thing, man. But, it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. We, we, um, we had Coach Joyner on the podcast uh, at the end of last year as well. Uh, he's now uh, retired, obviously. But what yeah. can you say about playing for him uh, at Modern Day Catholic? Uh, it was a great experience. He was, he was a coach that was a leader, but also he put uh, his trust and faith in his uh, players to win him championships, win him the games and everything. Uh, we had we had a little bit of fun too. We had some hardships this uh, my senior year uh, in the beginning, but we really turned around at the end. He just told us we need to get back to ourselves, uh, be the players that he knows we can be, and that really spoke to everybody on the team. And we went out, won another state championship. So, are you old enough to appreciate how special back to back state titles is? Like when, when you look back at the legacy and especially because, you know, like like as a school, like you guys were building that up to those championships. Um, are you old enough to be able to appreciate how special that was? I mean, when you do you, you think about your legacy or are you just you know too young, not removed about to be thinking about a legacy at, at modern day? Uh, removed about right now. I've, I know it's an amazing opportunity and chance. What really how I was feeling was we just won another state championship. Let's see if we can do it again. It was really a great chance and opportunity to do that twice. Was never expecting to do that, and then it was just it was a lot. It was a lifetime thing. It's just I'm happy for it. I'm grateful for it, and I love to go back and see the field I used to play on. One of the coaches who's been on the staff, Rashad Cook, was just named the uh, head coach there. Um, what could you tell us about Coach Cook? He's a lively character. Every time I practice, <laughs> I always have fun with him. When I went over to play uh, uh, defensive indies, it was always fun with him. Uh, he'll push you hard. He'll work you. He'll definitely expect the best out of you, but he also uh, he'll care about you and understand how you feel. And I feel like uh, if anybody will take that coaching job, he's the best person for it. Now, you know, you told us your story. You're a San Diego kid. You're a four-star wide receiver. You felt it was in your best interest to go to UCLA initially out of high school. Uh, after Now you're back and coming to San Diego State. You know, with this new coaching staff, obviously they've done really good work recruiting this local area. How do you feel like the program can connect to the San Diego community more so that people like yourselves, like other players, uh, feel that, you know, that genuine connection to want to go to San Diego State out of high school? 
Uh, I think it's once we show what we can do during practices uh, and then during into the new season, I feel like when we start doing that, they'll really start to understand that this is a this is a team that can really do great things. Mostly San Diego kids, uh, people that live here as well, uh, understand that uh, what they're talking about is really going to happen. Last set of questions. These are kind of non-football related questions where uh gets asked technician to get to know you a little bit better. Are you ready for these? Yeah. What's your favorite food? Uh uh lasagna. Where where do you get your lasagna? Uh my dad usually makes it with some stuff I really like and then he's just like his special own his own oh, special. Like that. Yeah. So, okay, well, all right. So that what that was the answer. Like, why did you come to San Diego State? So I can have my dad lasagna every week. <laughs> yeah. Favorite movie or TV show? Favorite movie? I'm not really sure about that one. Favorite TV show? I would say old Cartoon Network, like Johnny Test. Just always having fun, always doing adventures and stuff like that. He got his own dog that can talk. I feel like that was really fun <laughs> for me. Was yeah. that part of like the Adult Swim? Uh, nah, it was during uh, the day. No, okay. it was, it was yeah. Cool. Uh, favorite musical artist or group? Uh, I would say Little Baby or uh, artist or group. I was or artist. I'd say Michael Jackson. Nice. Can't Great answer. That one. Yeah. Cool. Favorite professional athlete. Um, professional athlete. I would say uh, for basketball, Kobe. For football, um, Jamar Chase. For track, Usain Bolt. Um, and that, that would pretty much be it. Why Jamar Chase? I just feel like I, my game, I try and reflect my game after him, and I sort of have the same type of build as he does. And I feel like if any, like for me later on, if anybody I want to look up to, it would be Jamar. Okay, I have to ask, though, like uh, you're the first person who's thrown a track star. Like we've we've been doing this for a couple of years now, yeah. and no one's thrown out a track star. Um, how fast are you, man? Uh, well, well, you'll see. <laughs> see. <laughs> see. Great answer. I'm just saying, man. That's 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 a sneaky, sneaky hint, man. That first <laughs> first first spring practice, Paul will have his little timer out there. I will. Uh, I will. Uh, <laughs> what about when you're not playing football or working on your football game? What do you like to do? What's your favorite hobby? Uh, I like to listen to music, hang out with friends, uh, drive around, listen to music, doing that as well. Um, play video games. That's that's probably what I like to do the most. Or just sleep or eat food. There it is. Well, if you have homemade lasagna, I don't blame you. What what uh what get what video game are you into? Uh, I mostly play Fortnite with my friends, Call of Duty, uh, racing games a lot, uh, Minecraft. Um, there you go. So I play Call of Duty, man, and I just want to apologize because, you know, that guy who's sitting in the stairwell and you're like, why yeah. are you sitting here not actually playing the game? Sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. I'm the camper. I'm the camper. Yeah. 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 So I just apologize as often as I can to you young people who can actually jump around and slide and do all that stuff. You know? yeah. I just sit there and I guard my door. You know what I mean? With my proximity yeah. behind me. That's it. Um, last one. What's your major going to be at FCSU? What are you looking to study? I'm looking to study business. Okay. Yeah. Any, any particular kind of business? Uh, not sure you're, you're young. Business and communications. All right. All yeah. right. Well, I, listen, if this if this interview is any indication, man, you have a bright future in communications. 
Um, really appreciate it, man. Just, just really Thank solid. You. I know it's like, you know, there's so much going on and it's a whirlwind and every all stuff starting school coming up and all those things, man. So that you were able to carve out some time for us. Um, thank you. Actually, I want to do one more question if I could, uh, national championship. What, what, what were your thoughts of that, man? I mean, that happened. Um, that, was, that was something. It was, it was really crazy. I thought Washington <laughs> was going to have it. That's who I was rooting for the most in that uh, when it was the score was 3-0 or not 3-0 but the score was close it was 10 I believe yeah. uh, 27 or something like that I thought Washington going to go down the score I felt like uh, during the game they just couldn't get rolling have momentum back and forth back and forth for Washington I felt like that kind of messed them up a little bit but uh, it was really crazy uh, it's just wild just watch, just to watch that and hopefully I could uh, get there someday so yeah. Jerry, again, congrats on your commitment. We look forward Thank to you. seeing you out in uh, spring camp. Appreciate uh, it. The fall season. Have a good night, man. Thank you. You too. We want to welcome Coach Verlaine Betofe, otherwise known as Coach V, around San Diego to the podcast. How's your night going? I'm going well. How's it going? Appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely, man. Yeah, thank you for the time. You know, for those listening who may not be familiar with your name, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you impact the young athletes? Um, yeah, this is my uh, 11th year coaching uh, high school football. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of uh, five uh, championship teams. I've won, a, you know, four state titles. Uh, I was the head coach. I got my first head coaching job this year at Mount Miguel High School. We won CIF for the first time in 63 years. Um, you know, they didn't have a winning season for 10, 10 years, and we came and kind of turned their program around. I was at Modern Day for the past three years before that. We won back-to-back state championships. Um, you know, I was at Madison from 2012 to 2016. We won two state championships during that time as well. So, uh, you know, I've been around and I also run an organization called Team Akasi. You know, we've had a lot of the top athletes in san diego the last you know decade or so so it's been uh it's been a, a good journey so far so the year is 1960 you know john f kennedy is president the minimum wage is a dollar mcdonald's hamburgers cost 15 cents it's also the last time mount miguel won a san diego section title before this season before you got there you know how special was it to make history in your first season there it was extremely special. You know, the group of seniors that we had, um, I think they won like 11 games in three years. Um, you know, they didn't have much success there. So just kind of bringing that joy and excitement and, you know, winning culture and just a change of, you know, we changed the whole culture from, you know, how we dressed, you know, I mean, the expectations, you know, expectations in the classroom, the expectations in the community and everything like that. So, you know, it was just a joy and just, you know, seeing these kids just thanking you and saying thank you for, you know, making my football experience the best, you know, my senior year the best. So, you know, it was, it was great. It was great. TJ McKay is a name that uh, Aztec fans will know, Aztec for life. Um, what does TJ meant? He's obviously on your staff, but what has he meant to, to, to Mount Miguel, to you and your process as a coach? Man, Coach TJ is one of my best friends in the world, man. He's one of the best, you know, people I've ever met in my entire life. You know, uh, Coach TJ is the best, you know, you know, uh, DB coach in San Diego. I think, you know, he can coach at the collegiate level right now if he wanted to. But he just does so much for the kids. 
you know, he has something special about him that the kids gravitate towards too. Um, he does a great job just, you know, on the field, being a mentor and just caring and loving the kids, man. So, uh, you know, Coach TJ is one of my best friends and I'm, you know, I'm blessed to have him as, you know, my assistant head coach and also a guy on my staff and also, you know, my brother that I can count on for anything. What's the what's the vision? What's the vision for Mount Miguel? What's next? Man, um, man, the goal is to, you know, to be the top program in San Diego. And the goal is eventually trying to play the top programs in L.A. So, you know, I never get into anything just to be, you know, good at it. My goal is to be the best at it. So, uh, you know, year one, we 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 got off to a really good start. You know, year two, we're going to be a lot better than we were year one. And then we're just going to keep building on this to the point where, you know, we're one of the top programs in the state of California and then hope, hopefully nationally. You know, you're a San Diego kid. You played at Madison. Uh, you mentioned some of the various high schools in San Diego you coached at, you know, the founder of Team Makasi. Why is San Diego football so important to you in helping develop that community? Man, I think, you know, I grew up in southeast San Diego, which is the inner city out here. And, um, you know, you know, part of the reason why I started Team Makasi was, you know, when I grew up, there were so many of my friends in the area that were, you know, really talented in sports and, you know, just, you know, academically. But, you know, growing up in the, you know, in the hood where it was gangs and, you know, all types of culture like that, you know, we didn't really have no mentors or anyone that we looked up to. So, you know, there was a group of like 18 of us and only like two of us went on to play, you know, college football, which I was one of them and my one of my coaches, Coach Long, you know, so we seen so many kids with so much potential I just didn't have the right guidance or mentors or people that look like them that can kind of inspire them in, in a different way. So, you know, that's why it means so much to me, because I think we got so much talent here in the city. And, you know, I just want to help try to, you know, kind of get the name out and, uh, you know, make us one of, you know, the top, pro, you know, top um, areas in the in the uh, in the country. Where does the name Makasi come from? Is there a significance to that name? Yes, it does. So I'm from Central Africa. I'm from Zaire. And uh, the name means strong. So it has okay. a little meaning to it. You know what I mean? You know, I just feel like you got to stay strong through anything. So it has a really, uh, you know, impactful meaning to it. That's awesome. I've been wondering what that means. I think I've even asked a few people and nobody nobody yeah. gave me the right. So I'm glad, I'm glad I came to the right person to ask that. Yeah. We had a chance to meet and talk to one of your former players, Jerry McClure, as yeah. part of this episode. You know, we want to ask you a little bit about him. You know, when did you first meet Jerry and what makes him so special? I met Jerry in the eighth grade. Uh, he was in middle school. I remember he never it was his first year ever playing football. They had him playing like DN and kicker. You know, he didn't know what he was doing. Uh, uh -huh. You know, I mean, his dad came, came in contact with me. You know, he's from Africa as well. So uh, it was kind of a good little blend because we kind of got similar backgrounds. But, um, you know, met him in the eighth grade. You know, I just I seen the potential in him. He just, you know, didn't know what he was doing. So, you know, I trained him, mentored him for some years. And, then, you know, he eventually went over to modern day when I got there and um, and, you know, his junior year. And, you know, he just blossomed. You know, he has all the athletic ability in the world, you know, as a great kid listens. And, you know, I honestly believe, you know, if he keeps, you know, developing, you know, he has a chance to play on Sundays. I think he's that special. Was he a good kicker? Yeah, he can. Oh, yeah, he can punt, man. That dude, uh, if you look at our state game, the last state game, man, he uh, the ball, you know, the 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 snap snapped the ball like 20 feet in the air. He jumps up and gets it and punts it like 50 yard. And honestly, that was a game saving play for us to win the state game. So, yeah, he can punt and he could kick for, for anybody who is listening. It's on uh, Jerry's huddle. 
Um, so just go ahead and Google that. And he makes this one-handed yeah. filthy. And you're like, wait, he's punning? Like it just, it kind of comes out of nowhere. And, and he, yeah, it was, it was nuts. But um, if, you know, in if that interview, anyone else there, they, they, it goes over his head and they, they score. And it's a, you know, we don't win that, that game. So it's, it's, it was important. Unbelievable. I think maybe the best part of our conversation with Jerry was, was when he was describing, you know, his future, his past teammates, now future teammates, Anthony McMillan and Isaiah Buxton, um, calling them his little brothers and, uh, you know, making sure that we knew that in practice, uh, he got more than he gave more to Isaiah than Isaiah gave to him, you know? Um, but what kind of teammate is Jerry? So when you first meet him, he's, he's really quiet, you know what I mean? He's kind of reserved, but Man, that dude is a character, man. Once you start to get to know him, man, this dude is dancing, having fun in practice and things like that. So he's a great teammate, man. All the kids loved him. You know, he uh, you know, all the you know, he had a great relationship with all the kids. You know, Jerry's extremely humble. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing about him. And that's why his teammates really appreciate him. You know, for as many offers that he had in high school, you know, he never really acted a certain way. He he didn't even want to post his offers. He was that type of kid where you know, I mean, he wasn't big on social media or anything. He just kind of wanted to do everything on a on a low. So, um, you know, he's just that 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 type of kid. Now, the thing that jumps out about his huddle is uh, that kid's fast. And then we're on the interview, and first first one we always ask, you know, who's your favorite favorite uh, professional athlete? And he's the first one to list Usain Bolt, and was like, "This is," and we said, "Okay, how fast are you?" And he he wouldn't give us any hints. All he said was, you have to see it, Snapdragon. You have to see it. You have to see. So I'm going to ask you, man, how fast is this guy? What, in a 40? Oh, any, whatever. However you can you can tell us. I would say if he had a legit trainer, if he trained for a combine, right, and, um, you know, and did all that like the guys doing in the NFL, I think he could run probably a 4-4-2. Which is crazy. I mean, he's so young. I think that's the thing is where is is that he's still going to get his man strength over the next couple of years and wow yeah he's extremely powerful if you see his legs man he got some tree trunks and he's really explosive and and twitchy man for as big as he is he can get in and out of his routes you know really good and stops on a dime so uh and he has like and he has football speed too some guys got track speed but his speed he actually looks faster on a football field than he does on a track so which is you know which is remarkable What's his ceiling as a player? You know, he said he Jamar Chase is one of his favorite wide receivers, someone he looks up to, tries to pattern his game around. You know, where do, what do you see him as being, um, you know, the best Jerry McClure wide receiver? I see. Um, I told him I, I, I see Brandon Ayuk from the 49ers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, that's the guy I've saw in him, since, you know, since, you know, Brandon Ayuk was at uh, Arizona State. So I think they got a lot of similarities. You know, both really athletic, you know, long arms, you know, explosive, you know, I mean, but you can tell Brandon was a little raw. So Jerry's kind of the same way. But, you know, that's who I see, you know, if he has a chance to go play on Sundays, that's the kind of receiver I see he is, you know, the Brandon IU guy that can make some plays, get downfield and do a couple of things like that. Aside from Jerry, what other current or future Aztecs have you coached or or trained? Oh, man, I have a list of them. So I've had Isaiah Buxton. I've had him since middle school. I've had Anthony McMillan since middle school. I had Michael Shawcroft. Um, he was part of my organization. I had Carson Baker. Um, I've had Keenan Christian since he was a ninth grader. Um, I had Rashad Scott. 
Um, Lucky play for me too, Sutton. Um, Darius De La Reyes, him as well. Um, um, and those are just guys that played for me in, in, in Team Mikasi that have been part of the organization. But, you know, I had, you know, I do the Mikasi Bowl game as well. And I've had like, you know, Trey White playing in, Cam Thomas, you know what I mean, a, a bunch of other dudes. So I have, I've had a lot of, you know, guys play, you know what I mean, um, or their relationship from Mikasi to San Diego State. We, I think one of the most exciting things this week was finding out Keenan Christian's coming back yes. for his COVID year. Uh, what do you think he can do? Um, you know, obviously he's a super fast guy. And, you know, last year he wasn't really put in those positions. Exactly. Uh, but what, what, what do you think he can be, you know, this next season, this final season in, in college? Man, I think he's going to have a, you know, tremendous year. I actually had a, you know, conversation with Coach Lewis about it. You know, we had a, a great, like, two-hour conversation um, a couple of days ago. And, you know, I just told him, like, you know, he's one of those guys where, you know, he's a touch guy. You know what I mean? It's not – you don't have to run him 10, 12, 15 times, right? You just got to get him touches 10, 12 times a game. So, you know, you just got to get him touches in all different types of ways so you can try to get him in space and just have guys try to, you know – um, you know, uh, tackle him in space. So, you know, I was his offensive coordinator when he was a freshman on a freshman team. Man, I'll never forget, this dude had like 1,800 yards on like 65 carries for me and like 30 touchdowns. So he has all the ability. You know, I just think with him is, um, you know, someone just has to use his skill set in the right way. And I think he will be, you know, I think he, he has a chance to, you know, in this wide open spread offense where you got to cover all three, four receivers and now you got to watch the back. I think, I think he has a chance to have a huge year. You you just mentioned it, man. The next question, good lead in, but you had a pretty high profile tweet about that meeting with Sean Lewis. Could you tell us a little bit more about that conversation? Uh, how did it start? Uh, you know, like who set it up, and what are what are some of the topics that that the two of you talked spoke about? So I was at the um, you know I was at Jerry's um, um, recruiting trip. You know, like I said, I'm you know Jerry's like man, a second son to me, honestly, you know what I mean? So I have a really good relationship with him. So I went on a trip and, you know, um, you know, after the kids went, the kids went with the, with their host, you know, all the parents went up just for, you know, some drinks and, you know, kind of have a little, um, you know, parent time or whatever. So, you know, I just went in a corner, we just, you know, started, you know, chopping it up and, you know, all the parents and the coaches was talking to each other. And then me and Sean was just there for like an hour and a half, two hours, just chopping it up. We chopped it up about everything, family, you know, basketball. He was from Chicago. Michael Jordan's my favorite athlete. So he was telling me how, you know, Michael Jordan, when he was young, picked him to go have a, like a little contest with him and stuff like that. You know, we just talked about his time at Kent State, you know, you know, offensive philosophy, because I do a lot of, you know, similar things he does. You know, I'm a spread guy. I like to throw it. I like to go fast and things like that. So, and it was a great conversation, man. We have so much in common, you know, I mean, just from a, a you know, um, you know, just uh, from a from a head coach's standpoint and from like an offensive standpoint. So, you know, we really hit it off that way, man. He's a you know, he's a great guy. And after the conversation, I was like, man, he gets it. You know, he get I mean, he gets he gets it from every single angle. You know, what I mean, and that's how you change your program is, you know, you you know, you have to get it from every single angle. And that's what I did at Mount Miguel. And a lot of the things we were talking about is the things that I'm doing. And I was just like, yeah, man, he we have a lot of similarities that way. So, yeah, I know it's just a, it's just a matter of time before he, he turns, you know, San Diego State into a, you know, I, I think it could be a powerhouse. I've always believed San Diego State has a chance to be a, you know, a top, you know, 10 to 12 program in the country. You know what I mean? So. Wow. 
Um, let's let's talk a little bit more about that because you know break some of that down. For those of you who did not see the tweet, um, part of it read, Aztec football fans, you guys are in great hands. I was extremely impressed. He is young, energetic, and he gets it. Great hire. What does Sean Lewis get that makes him a great hire? He understands the balance of um, the, the new generation, right? He understands the balance of like, look, kids have to know that you're willing to do for them so they can do for for you as well you know what i mean sometimes with a lot of coaches it's like my word the highway or we're going to do it this type of way you know what i mean he has his things that are non-negotiable but he's also leaning on a lot a lot of things that these kids now like to do you know what i mean so i think you know as a coach you got to understand this ain't 19 in the 1990s or early 2000 no more this is a different generation of kids and you got to understand like you know some of the things that they like as well you know what i mean so you know, he 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 just gets it from every single aspect of like, you know, the discipline, the structure and also like, you know, letting the kids, you know, be themselves. You know, what I mean, like it's fine to be yourself as long as you do, you know, within the, you know, the the confines of, you know, our team uh, expectations. So, yeah, it was it was um, and I was really, really, really impressed. I mean, I left there like, oh, man, this guy, you know, st you know, stay got him one, you know, they got him one. And like I said, even if you watch him the first couple games at Colorado, like he lit it up, you know, offensively. So, you know, the issue with State to me has always been on the offensive side of the ball. You know, no receivers ever wanted to come here because, you know, they they ran 22 personnel all day or just, you know, ran the ball and, you know, you know, the receivers were non-existent. But, you know, he gets it trying to get the ball out, trying to make the game exciting, trying to throw the ball, trying to score as many points as possible and just try to bring that brand of football back to San Diego State. So I'm ex I'm extremely excited. No, I think you could tell, man. See if you could help, help me with this one. So what I find fascinating, and we're all still learning, you know, learning who he is and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you have this Aztec fast. We're going to spread it out. But, yeah. but, but this guy's from Wisconsin, where they pounded the rock and strength and physicality and all of those kind of Barry Alvarez kind of stuff. Like, that's his lineage, you know? How do those two things kind of blend together in, in what he does? No, I think his lineage is um, the, the Dino Babers, you know, like the Syracuse and um, Bowling Green. So yeah, that's yeah, he, he played. He played it at Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played there. But I think once he got with Dino Babers and that open spread offense that Dino ran, Dino had a lot of success doing it mm -hmm. at Eastern Illinois as well with, with Dino Babers. And I think it kind of, you know, changes perspective on like, you know, playing fast and playing in space. You know what I mean? You know, the game of football now is about getting your athletes in space and making these guys try to tackle them in space. So I think that was what kind of changed his entire, you know, mindset as far as like offensively, you know what I mean? So he's a true spread guy, true, you know, play fast guy, you know, try to, you know, attack these guys vertical and make these guys, you know, be like, you know, he's going to dictate the offense, the, the game with his offense instead of letting the, the, the defense dictate him. You know what I mean? You know, the topic of San Diego State recruiting San Diego is you get talked about a lot. You know, last month we had a roundtable episode with some of the some of the high school coaches in San Diego talking about it. And obviously there's a new staff that came in that's unfamiliar with San Diego. But you have Ryan Lindley still there, Demetrius Sumler. Those are two names that so many of the coaches have talked about uh, doing such a good job with local recruiting. What What is your experience with both of those guys? 
and what they've been able to do. Uh, and the fact that they're still there, how much is that going to help Coach Lewis? Man, Demetrius is my guy. We talk, you know, maybe twice a week. And Ryan is my dog as well. You know, we talk all the time as well. So those are two, you know, guys I consider close friends of mine. They do a great job, man. You know, uh, you know, for Ryan, you know, he's a, you know, he's an Aztec born guy. You know, he's one of the, you know, the best players to come out of here, best quarterbacks to come out of here. So he got a real stake in this because of, uh, you know, him being an alumni and, you know, him being in the offense and coming back and coaching. And then, you know, Demetrius as well, you know, this was the, you know, first opportunity he has, has had to coach college football and he's took it and he's ran with it and he's done an outstanding job in recruiting and developing, you know, uh, DB. So I think for those two guys, it means a lot to them, you know, both being from San Diego and wanting to see San Diego succeed. So I think that's the biggest thing. So, um, you know, uh, they're both, both guys are really excited. You know, both guys are, you know, just you know, like, you know, Demetrius told me, like, hey, man, you always talked about bringing receivers here. Now we got a guy that's going to throw that ball. So you better start bringing them receivers here. I was like, hey, man, I've been waiting for this for 10 years with you guys. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so, you know, both guys do a, do a great job, do a really good job. So do you tell us some names that are on Mount Miguel now and in, that, you know, Aztec fans should be looking out for as potentially potential recruits for uh, SDSU. Over the next couple of years, I know you've got a, a wide receiver that's getting some national notoriety as well. So tell us about some of those guys. Yeah, we got a um, um, a freshman right now that's a phenom. His name is Delonte Williams. He's mm-hmm. one one ninety. You know, has around you know seventy one offers. Penn State, Nebraska, um, Washington. You know, he's a he's a stud, man. I think the best freshman in a, in the county and one of the best freshmen in the state. Um, we got another kid named AJ Logan that's, you know, you know, might be the best receiver in San Diego right now. This kid is a he's a stud. You know, he was at San Isidro's freshman year. He led the the I think he led the country for a while in punt return yards. You know, he has huge hands. Man, in a in a, in the the entire season, he might have dropped three balls the entire year, including practice. He just, you know, he's he's just one of those guys. And we got a young kid named Paris Vernon that's a sophomore. That's just, you know, a lightning in a bottle. You just get him, you know, we get him the ball all types of different ways at running back, slot, outside. You know, in nine games this year, he had over 900 yards receiving, you know, like 300 yards rushing and like 18 touchdowns. So uh, he has two Division One offers as well, and A.J. has five. And we got some young guys. We got a young guy named, um, you know, Braylon Cardwell. He's a, a younger brother of Byron Carwell. I don't know if you remember him. He he went to Saints and went to Oregon, and then now it's at Cal. He's another kid, 6'2", you know, 190, 195. Last year was really his first year playing football, but he has all the tools to be a, you know, a high-level recruit, and he has a Division One offer. We have a young kid named DJ Wilkins. That's a sophomore, 6'3", you know, 185, you know, has all the talent in the world. You know, we got a, a young you know, old lineman named Frank Fanua. That's uh, Uso. That's you know that has a chance to be special as well. We have another one named Driston Williams. That's a sophomore as well that has a chance to be special. Um, you know, running back uh, named Zane Rodier. That's a sophomore. So we're are, are really really young. And another freshman named Dominic Lopez that has a chance as well to be really special. So we got some guys that are young that. You know, I think with us, you know, keep, you know, rising and these kids keep getting better and working. I think we have a chance for a few of these guys, you know, one day to get recruited by San Diego State. You mentioned sophomores and it made me think of we talked to Coach Joyner about a month or two ago. 
uh, now retired Coach Joyner. Yeah. And he said he thought that this year's sophomore class in San Diego was arguably one of the best sophomore classes he had seen. And when their seniors could rival any senior class, is that do you see that as well? And and just across San Diego. Yes, yes, I agree. There's a lot of, you know, you know, I've been fortunate enough running team Akase. I had a, a few of these guys as eighth graders, and you can just see the talent, you know what I mean? you know, um, you know, from the jump. So um, I, I agree 100 percent, man. I do think the sophomore class and the freshman class is 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 going to be the class that, you know, we have a you know, we have maybe 40 to 50 guys go division one. I think there's that much talent in those younger classes, you know, so so it's exciting time with the new coach in San Diego State with this with these young kids coming up. So, you know, I do think there's a lot of lot of talent that's young right now in San Diego. Awesome. Coach V, totally appreciate you taking the time, talk, talking to us a little bit about Jerry and a little bit about some of these other guys in San Diego. Uh, definitely a wealth of knowledge here in this community. We appreciate everything you do for the community. And uh, thanks for taking the time tonight. Appreciate you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, Paul, we, uh, we just got done talking to Jerry McClure and Coach V. He's a local kid coming back play with some former teammates from modern day. What do you make of the story, right? Like one year at UCLA with a new coaching staff coming in, wanting to come back to San Diego and play for this coach and play for this offense definitely was a big factor in, in, in that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the part of the whole like transfer portal conversation that I still am curious about is who is attractive to whom? Right. Um, you saw Marcus Ratcliffe uh, play at San Diego State as a true freshman. And, you know, now he's got the opportunity to go and play in the SEC at Texas A&M, something that wasn't available to him a year before. Right. You know, you, you then you get a guy like Jerry McClure, who, according to a couple of articles written about um, him, by people who around um, the, the Bruins, you know, the staff liked him. Right. And I think, you know, one of the last times that, that we had heard about a transfer coming to San Diego State that like the staff did not want to lose. Um, last one I can remember is Kate Bennett. Uh, and, you know, that was the, the staff said, hey, this is a guy that we would rather have on our team. And now fast forward, those predictions were true. Um, and so it's 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 difficult to believe that Jerry McClure after one year at UCLA is not better than Jerry McClure coming out of high school because they got the same eligibility minus the redshirt year. Right. And I think that, that what's impressive about it is like you said, a year ago, nah, it's not really an option. It's not, you know, I had one connection with somebody he said, but you know, it just really wasn't fully there. Um, and you have to believe it's because, you know, they didn't pass the ball and he wanted to be able to be featured in such a way. And, and obviously I think that's what coach V said when um Demetrius Sumler tells him all right you've been telling us you're going to send some receivers and he's like man I've been waiting for this for 10 years with you guys right and so now here it is and it's it's just I mean it's it's funny to talk about 10 years and we're talking about one month right we're talking about yeah. one month since Sean Lewis has been hired it's already flipped where 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 basically on faith these young wide receivers are leaving really good opportunities to come be closer to home in Southern California, 
and to come and play in this Aztec fast offense. And I just don't know any other word for it other than impressive. Truth be told, like, uh, I think I wanted to be more like, let's pump the brakes on like immediate impact. This is a G5. Let's 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 allow a little bit of time, you know, maybe maybe that second year after he shows what they can do. But man, this guy is 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 able to really convince people of his vision. If, if nothing else, man, I mean, San Diego State is not in football seemingly has not won an offseason in a long time. But there's zero question for Aztec fans. They've won the offseason this year. And, you know, with McClure, the um, the good vibes just keep going. What do you think? Yeah, I, I can remember last year looking at kind of recruiting for the class of 23 and looking at the San Diego guys and you go, okay, Roderick Robinson, he's going to Georgia. Don't even think about him at San Diego State. And then I think it was Trey Edwards and McClure who were both modern day guys yep. who were four stars who, like, I think they had offers from San Diego State, but like you never heard anything about Right. They're even in consideration. I don't even think they're in the top five. And you almost just said, oh, these guys aren't coming here. And then you move down to the next guys. And now, a year later, not only do they have McClure, but as you said, a one-year better, wiser, smarter, developed. So that has to be really exciting for, for the staff. I mean, the makeover that the wide receiver room has done in this month is pretty massive. Uh, with McClure... Uh, Lewis Brown, the fourth from Colorado State, um, Nate Bennett, J. J Sean Polk. I mean, speed, experience, uh, route running, I think all that stuff. And you add that to Makai Shaw, Balaam Brooks, some of the other guys, and then the two freshmen coming in, too. We haven't even uh, talked about them. What are the things it's hard – like the speed, McClure's speed is something that I – wasn't aware of as much, but to hear not just him talk about it, but to hear Coach V talk about it, um, track speed, uh, because he's a big guy. But if he still has the speed, then and he, and he can add that with going up and getting the ball up up high and, and uh, getting back shoulder fades and, and things like that. That's a full repertoire right there that can be maximized uh, in many different ways. A couple of things. I think the first thing is, I think what's been impressive about the way in which they've brought in wide receivers um, and, and please correct me with my numbers, but I believe what four returning guys um, from the on wide receiver scholarship. Uh, four on scholarship. Correct. Yeah. There's some other uh, walk-ons and, and, you know, like a guy like Mikey Welsh um, should right. not be overlooked by any stretch. What they were able to do is they were able to get like guys who are older and they were also able to fill in some of the ranks that, you know, looking at it now, um, what year is Brown? I think he's a, is he's a sophomore. He's going to be a junior. He's going to be a junior. Okay. So he so didn't red, he had, he didn't redshirt. He played as a true freshman and as a sophomore. So okay. uh, he's going to be a junior. So he's got two years of eligibility left. And then you have uh, McClure with four. Mm. And they got um, the, the guy from Portland State with one. Who's it? See, and then is there anybody else that I'm missing? Deshaun Polk, I think, just has one. Polk, who also has one as well, right? So you, I think you can see, you know, I think you can see kind of that idea of saying, like, they don't have – McClure is going to have to earn a spot. Yeah. And there's a lot of people around them, but they also have that opportunity to have that immediate help with that veteran stuff. But um, with the speed, I mean, that's the thing that jumps out on his tape. 
Um, occasionally, you know, he'll catch a bubble screen and, you know, Coach V called him raw and you can see some of that in it. Um, but his speed is something else. I mean, I, I've rarely seen huddle tapes where like guys are legitimately 10 yards off of him because they just are like, we can't stay with him. The other thing I found so interesting is, you know, you, you would see a safety and the safety is, you know, typically the best player on the best shorter player on the team. Um, and the DB is locked in on the QB because they're trained to read and react. That's what they do at that level. Isaiah Bucks didn't play that position. They moved him there, et cetera. And as the guy's backpedaling with his eyes still in the backfield and like within like that, McClure is right next to him. And you could just tell that it was just like, he's not supposed to be here. This is not how normal human beings run at this level, you know? And yeah. so I think that just that, that, that speed, um, it, it just, is, it just becomes a weapon. And, you know, they, they lost Josh Nicholson who had that speed, but for all of that with Nicholson, I mean, there was very few times you saw that really developed in the game. And I think you were really excited about that potential for this upcoming year. Um, but as coach V says, you know, like he, he's better at football in terms of speed than he is at track. And, and so anyway, I just think it's, I think it's a, it's it's really a tantalizing idea because you do look at the pieces that were there and at wide receiver, um, depending on how Polk is with his um, injury that he had at West Virginia, he would be the exception to this. But there just isn't that like burner, deep threat kind of a guy. And suddenly a 6'2", 200-pound with long arms. You know, if Coach B is right and he are, as, a, as a red shirt freshman runs a 4'4'2", that's yeah. just, you know, Coach Lewis talks about attacking horizontally, making sure everything's that way, and then attacking vertically. And and now you you can see that with a with an athlete like that, that potential is there. Yeah, and, and moving on to the Coach V portion, I mm-hmm. think the most important question we asked was what does where does the word of Makasi come from? Mm. So I'm glad we got that uh finally Absolutely. answered. Um, but him talking about just the San Diego athletes that he has trained, uh, some of the names of guys like a Chris Olave that went to Ohio State, like those are guys that potentially could be in play for San Diego State, Got, like similar type of guys that no longer want to go to Ohio State or need to go to Ohio State to showcase themselves for the NFL. Uh, so that's exciting. And then third of all was just what he did at Mount Miguel. This year, I mean, you talk, you wrote about it. We asked him, you know, the last time Mount Miguel had won a section title was in the 60s, right? And for him to do it in one year, (laughs) right? And he has obviously, he has a team Makasi connection. So he's got a really good, it shows his recruiting abilities to be able to go to Mount Miguel, bring some guys that he trusts and who trusts them to come with him, make that program into a winner immediately. It's very impressive. And We'll we'll see what Mount Miguel can do next year and in the future, but they look like they could be a powerhouse uh, with the Lincolns and the Granite Hills and the Carlsbads and uh, you know Modern Day and Cathedral and those uh, potentially for several years. I agree. Um, I, I think that everything you just said is is really good, and you know that core group that uh, you know worked under Coach Joiner at modern day for those state titles. So many of those coaches went on to Mount Miguel. 
um, with Coach B and the belief, obviously, that that group had with them. I, I my personal belief, I mean, there are bad coaches for sure, but there are, I think there's a lot of really good coaches and even coaches who don't succeed all the time are also good coaches as well. And they're, they're putting in the work and that's just sometimes how talent in the game works. You know, there had to be a lot of quality coaches to come through Mount Miguel since 1960, since Eisenhower was president, you know, for them to be able to win the section title, um, you know, now they're going to move up a division and he, and he's still talking about it rolling, but you know, one of the things that didn't quite piece together until you were just talking a second ago was, yeah, at one of the one of the points, you know, he was he was saying that he's always thought the San Diego State could be a top ten, top twelve program, and that's yeah, that, only that made, that made me, uh, you know, the the eyes yeah. of me, right? <laughs> okay, okay, that comment is only true if a guy like Ulave would have potentially stayed home if they had a better passing offense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or Achilles Smith, or you know, whatever those guys are who are who. Um, are some of that that top local talent and you know it's it's a real interesting just it's a it's it's just it's really interesting because you know, we we've now had the opportunity to speak to different coaches and all of these different coaches who practice with the top talent in the county every single day all say that San Diego State is under recruiting the top kids and if anybody's going to have a conversation with those kids, it's the men that we've been able to speak to on this podcast. You know what I mean? Like for 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 you and I to go and say, well, you know, San Diego State should uh, maybe uh, circle the wagons a little bit and see after if Julian Sand wants to uh, come to San Diego State now that Nick Saban has retired. You know, it's just we're pulling it out of places and stuff like that, right? But when Christian Chapman goes and says, look, San Diego State can recruit everybody and they need to. Like, I think it has more weight. And I think when Coach V is saying the same thing, because he's the one having those conversations. He's the one going and saying, like, these guys are coming. Hey, what do you about your process? Hey, Coach, this is what I'm thinking of. I mean, you think that that um, Jerry, Jerry McClure did not talk to Coach V when he was a when he was a senior and he was about to – and he left to UCLA? I mean, yeah. McClure took Coach V on the visit. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So it, it, it's just and, – and, and his opinion is – these kids would be more likely to stay. And then, question for you, with all of that said, how about his glowing remarks about Sean Lewis? Yeah. Everybody that has talked to Sean Lewis, including us in our limited uh, capacity, has come away very impressed. I mean, it, it would be hard. It would. I would be surprised if someone didn't have a two-hour conversation with Coach Lewis and they didn't come away impressed. Uh, and because not just because he can talk a big game, but it comes across genuine, it comes across knowledgeable, it comes across passionate. I guess I wouldn't be necessarily that surprised, but coming from him that's seen so much football and is such a big offensive guy in the, in the community, uh, it, it means something. It, there's there's weight to that than me and you saying it or some someone else uh, mm-hmm. saying it, right? Um, that he has... The, the the knowledge and the uh, the credibility um, that you know other people might not have, and to, for him to say that, I think it's good. Ultimately, it's going to come down to what they do on the field, yeah. how the offense does, how they utilize guys like Jerry, how they utilize guys like Keenan Christian, who's another guy Coach V has a history with. 
but I, I mean, yeah, it's I would it would be hard for someone not to come away super impressed with Coach Lewis at this point. But uh, it's you know the once the game the games this they're still they're, it's what eight months away, eight and a half months before uh, one game. Yeah, and so there, there's going to be a lot of talk and there's going to be a lot of glowing uh, reviews of Coach Lewis, deservedly so, especially what he's done recruiting wise. But ultimately, it's what what happens during the games that's going to. Uh, really matter to most people's minds about coach Lewis. I agree. Although I would say that the parts that I I thought were interesting and I think were maybe a little bit more than just, this is like the time. And so like, this is what's going to happen is for him to say, like he gets, he gets the mindset of these young players. Yeah. And, and how he allows them to be flexible on things they like to be flexible with. And it's hard not to, you know, you can't keep coaching like it's 1990s or 2000s. It's it's difficult not to hear Brady Hope as as the reference there. Uh, I think it was a clear reference to that. And I think that that that's a great thing. And I think the other side of it is as far as Coach V, you know, fill in the blank, right? Fill in the blank from all the coaches that we've talked to, um, Jason Carter, et cetera, um, that if 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 you and I are impressed with them. And we think like, okay, this guy's a good coach or whatever. Like we might soften a word in a story that we write. Ooh, big, big bonus for Sean Lewis. You know what I mean? But if, if, but if um, Coach V Mm -hmm. has that belief, like some of these kids from Mount Miguel and some of these kids that he from Team McCossey are now going to be like, oh, okay. So this caring adult, who is making me better at football thinks these guys can do the same thing. It's, it's a gold mine. It's a gold mine. And, you know, I don't know coach V very well um, at all. I mean, this is our conversation with them, um, but he doesn't strike me as somebody who is just going to be like, I'm going to just praise somebody to praise them for no reason um, yeah. that, that they got to be able to, to put in the work. Um, and, you know, I, I will say a lot of people, can be very agreeable and can make a great first impression for 15 minutes. But you talk to somebody for a couple of hours and, and like, it's, it's a, it's a different level of, of, of like who that person is. Um, and so I think it's just, again, it's another one of the, of the growing movement of people who have, um, you know, been really excited about Sean Lewis's hire. Um, so it's, it's something else, man. But I, I think the, the, the overarching story, is that on reputation of what he did at Kent State, what he did at Colorado, um, and his ability to sell his vision of Aztec fast recruits who I don't think were paying very much would have paid very much attention to San Diego State in years past now seem to be coming to to San Diego State in, in good number, and I think that's a that's a that's a pretty impressive thing to be able to do because you can. You can want to have whatever offense you have, but if you don't have the pieces to be able to do it, it's just, it's impossible. Yeah, I mean, season tickets are on sale. I'm really curious to see how they do this year in terms of ticket sales because Mm -hmm. we know they dropped, I think, from um, using rough numbers from like 15,000 to 10,000 from year one to year two. And then the thought was that they were going to drop down to 5,000 without a coaching change, without 
uh, something new without a better product, whatever. But now they've got, not only do they make the coaching change, but they brought in more local kids. When you bring in a San Diego guy, right, it's not just their dad, mom and dad and sister that come to games, right? They've got friends and relatives and all sorts of people that want to come. Those are extra, may not, may not be season tickets, but they might be game tickets, right? So I think part of that is a is a, is a a big win as well because you're, you could, even LA, like I know we joke that, you know, to Sean Lewis, the hometown is Southern California, right? <laughs> it's a little different than what we've, we're used to because sure. hometown shows were San Diego County. Now it's like all of Southern California, but you know, it's, it's still close. It's still two hours. Mm-hmm. Still very accessible for a family to drive down for a game and drive back in you know in one day, right? right? And I know what I know. I get why he's doing that is because, and I think that might have gotten some of these LA like Lewis Brown is an LA kid, right? Brandon McElroy is an LA kid. These guys have all probably been talked about as like you're coming back home. Yeah, you're playing in San Diego, but you're coming back home to Southern California, and I think that that that's really that's worked really well at least in the first month that Sean Lewis has been here. And it's, it's, it's been a good marketing strategy for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting how many, how many people have viewed the impression of kind of build a wall around Southern California. And I'm, I'm honestly very, very curious. I'm really curious, you know, they just got a new uh, director of player development. Um, And so I don't, and, 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 you know, um, I'm blanking on his name. Should you look it up? Um, Sean thank you. Um, I, I think that's pretty exciting only because um, he was with Scott Frost at uh, USC. I mean, UCF, excuse me, and also at Nebraska. Um, and when I think of fast offenses, the UCF one especially um, is, is one that I think of. And so like if this guy was the recruiting guy who was identifying for the staff and helping to coordinate all of that, or like that fast offense, it seems like a pretty good fit in terms of like the kinds of scouting that needs to be done to be able to fill in the pieces that Sean Lewis is looking for. Um, so that, that seemed to be the connection, at least at least as I was reading his resume and his bio. National champions, UCF, right? Oh, only yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That, that was hilarious. That's great. Hey, listen, it it's just as made up as the other thing that the other people were were talking about. So why not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's right. I wonder. If, oh, dude, when we interview him, we have to ask him if he has a ring. Yeah, yeah. You got it. We could 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 you make sure that you bring your UCF national championship? Yeah. But no, I I think so. I'm really curious to see is you know like like when I went out to Texas for that state championship game, you know, I contacted San Diego State and they said, hey, who's going to be there from the staff because like this is you know, I mean, yeah. the, right when we got out, the first thing we saw was the Nebraska like van car thing that was all, you know what I mean? They were there. Um, and, and that's just what, you know, or at least the presence was there in some regard. Um, exactly all that stuff. Anyhow. And basically the response was like, we're trying to piece together the transfers and the 2024 class. And that's kind of all we're doing. And I think that I, what I understood that to mean is just like, they're getting their feet from under them. They need to get this team set to be able to play well for this year. And then that strategy is going to unveil as it goes forward. Um, but I'm really curious about, you know, one, is this actually their full strategy? And they're just, they're really just going to be like, we're going to be in this, you know, what he said at the press yeah. conference, a three and a half hour drive 
from San Diego, and that's kind of our bubble, and that's where everybody's going to come from. Um, if it's just by necessity, because they can offer something to all of these kids from LA, which is, you know, on a bye week, we're going to give you four days to be off. And you know how you were stuck up in Fort Collins or up in uh, Boulder and you had nothing to do for those four days. You can go stay at home with your family for four days. And like, what's the, what's the NIL price tag on that? You know what I mean? And it's true. Like you can go and, and do all those things with your family. That's real. Or if, you know, he's now he's going to then pivot and all of those, you know, I don't even know the North mid North roots and all that stuff where he was from, like they're going to start tapping back into that. They're going to start expanding. They said Texas was going to still be a priority and you're going to start seeing more of that bigger net being cast. And, and so that's just something that I'm keeping an eye, eye on for recruiting. But um, as you say, as you say, man, it's, it seems to be, uh, it seems to be working well. Yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed our interviews with uh, Jerry McClure and Coach V. Spring semester starts um, on the 16th and winter conditioning of eight weeks. And then spring camp, I think, starts March 12th, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, a tentative date for the spring game of uh, April 20th. I think I heard J.D. Wicker say that on the radio last week. But that whatever that Saturday is, around, is either the 19th or 20th, which is a little later than what they did the last two years. So that's helpful. Um, as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. Uh, we'll be back for some more uh, football interviews uh, next episode. Um, as always, appreciate the subscriptions, likes, follows, shares, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Listening to the SDSU podcast presented by the East Village Times with your hosts Andre Hagberdian and Paul Garrison.